What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. As always, your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones. And this week, we have a very special guest on the Extra Point Pod. We have Hussein the Brain from Fantasy Couch. He's one of the most well-known fantasy football influencers influencers with a very popular youtube channel dedicated to all things fantasy football he's one he's also the best-selling author of how to play fantasy football we're very excited to have him here with us to rip up everything fantasy this week so let's get right into it obviously uh talk a little bit about what it is you do at fantasy couch you saying well man just started out as a passion um been a loser and failure at starting my own fantasy brand with my buddy mike for seven years almost quit and then we made a semi-viral Manny Pacquiao Mayweather parody video, and it got us hyped. And that's what we love doing. We love creating content, creating awesome videos, and most important, number one thing, man, is you got to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's awesome. We've seen the YouTube channel. It's awesome. Everyone should check it out. Uh, Fantasy Couch on YouTube. It's great. They put up a new video yesterday. Uh, Fantasy Draft Party, right? Oh, yeah, best draft party in the world, hands down. Don't take it from me, though. Check it out. Let me know. Oh, look, you guys pulled out all the stops for that. You got all the, the, the background, the stand, everything. Oh, yeah, we got the podium, the backdrop, uh, six-legged tur- turducken, um, Puerto Rican rice, nacho bar, full stadium, snack. It's hard to explain, but, like, the grass is avocado and the sour cream is, like, the lines. I mean... Just yeah, went went just all out for it. Now was this your fantasy league with your buddies? Yeah, family, friends. Um, kind of like that's how I put it. It's like a you know company Christmas party. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, I don't I don't really smoke or drink, and I don't really even go out much. But this is the one time a year I just splurge. There's you know zero limits. Um, and even though we don't have a, a ton of money, um, we make it happen. We make it happen, you know, bigger than, uh, you know, like if a company like like ESPN, you know, were to do it. And, uh, man, you just you put your heart and soul into it, and it's something you're passionate about and lightweight psychotic about it, just so dedicated to throwing the craziest, biggest party. And um, this year was, you know, every year I'm like, man, we can't beat last year's. And uh, this year we just absolutely crushed the 2018 party. And just proud of it, man. It's it's a fun vibe. It's I don't want to sound like I'm showing off. You know, once if you watch the video, you can, like, really tell it's just a fun vibe and i do it for the people and just for people to enjoy the video and um and just bring a little bit of joy into people's life also like good quality fantasy content too you know there's some analysis in there of course you know we gotta we gotta always try to because if you gotta have fun in order to have fun you gotta also win coming in last place is no fun yeah i'm in last place in fantasy baseball right now i've just i've given up i've been there all season it's not, not great fun <laughs> not who's in first yeah, uh, this guy. <laughs> this guy. It happens to me in first. Smokes me nine one every time we play. But <laughs> let's get into the football because we've all we've had is baseball for the past few months. Dave, how do we want to kick it off? 
I mean, let's say we could just run through like you know your basic your basic stuff. We're here to give some people the people the best fantasy advice we can um, with the guests we got. Um, so I guess let's we could start off. This was near the end, but I like this question to start off. Um, who who are some players that everyone seems to be in love with this year? Uh, that that you know everyone's talking about. Everyone expects a breakout year, um, and you're just not on that train. There's. I mean, there's so many play. I don't really like, I don't really like labels and whatnot. But man, because I have my, you want me to, like my bus list and this, isn't this bus list the same as this? Yeah, kinda? we can. Yeah, it's pretty much In the same way? conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so so they will intertwine. Okay, so I'm not huge on labels because like you got a you got a bus, you got a breakout. Breakout could be sleeper. A handcuff could be breakout. Right? It's like. There's dope players I like, and there's players I don't like. So I guess I'll give you one if I had to answer the question. Um, I guess that's Eric Ebron, because I guess people aren't necessarily high on him, but I'll, you know, so not really answering your question. I know I get an F for that, but I'll say why I say Eric Ebron, because if you draft him this year, what you're doing is you're chasing 2018 stats, and he was really good. Andrew Luck's really good. Andrew Luck uses his tight ends, but now we have. Jack Doyle, who might stay healthy for more than six games, maybe, um, who's actually great tight end. And then you got Mo Ali Cox. Okay, laugh at me. You know he's not really gonna do much. But then you throw in another one in the mix, and this is a secret weapon right here, guys. Devin Funches, who used to play tight end, he's basically gonna be used as a tight end. Deion Kane coming back from injury towards ACL just over a year ago, and then you draft Paris Campbell. You also got Naheem Hines there. Jordan Wilkins, Marlon Mack, who might catch a couple balls and is improving his skills as a pass catcher, and then T.Y. Hilton. And then on top of that, you have Andrew Luck, who has an injury and a half right now and has injury problems. So just way too much to go after 2018 stats for a tight end who's touchdown dependent. Let's take a risk on another tight end because there are a few this year. Especially Doyle outsnapped him by like what almost two times when they played together last year. Yeah, very yeah, pretty much something like that. Yeah, and uh, I mean yes, you can't rely on Doyle to stay healthy. That is true, but why draft Ebron? Like you're gonna really bank on that? Like you know, there's other there's other places to look, guys. And he's not getting 14 touchdowns again. No, I don't think so. No, yeah, uh, I don't. So, so this luck injury, you are, is this causing you to to bring Colts the whole Colts offense down each player down your board a little bit, or how serious you think no, this is? I just use that just to make my point. <laughs> <laughs> it should be minor, but it is some right. Is it something or nothing? It's more it's, like it's something, something, right? It's, it's something. something. That's something because it's luck. Yeah, it's, of course, one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. He's and prolific. just his, his history with injuries. It's just it's so. It always seems to be a nagging long-term thing with him. It's never, you know, oh, a calf injury, what it seems to be. He's back a week or two. It's obviously, you know. And they always start out like this. They're always like, ah, oh, it's just a little thing, or he's going to be, you know, out a week or two. Or They're always, like, real coy about it, and then all of a sudden it's real bad. All of a sudden, it's, yeah, he's, uh, he can't throw a Nerf ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? You said he was going to play week one uh. five weeks ago. Yeah, this I I hope that doesn't have you know a similar effect last year. Um, kind of building off the same thing with you know there. Um, where do you fall on the the Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt debate? How much you think Kareem will affect Nick Chubb when he comes in in Week Ten? 
Okay, I like this question a lot better than the last one. <laughs> so I wasn't prepared for the last one, apparently. Uh, this one, this one is a great question, man. And I, I can, I got some analysis for you. So Nick Chubb, he's let, let's pretend to understand, but let's pretend Kareem Hunt's not in the equation. So Nick Chubb, easy first rounder, could be the safest running back to draft. Period. Like, how is there any denying? And this is why. This is We're talking about running back position here. Can I say something negative, like real, like a serious concern about every single running back? The answer is yes. Saquon Barkley on a bad Giants team with a bad O-line. Odell Beckham's not there. Odell, he didn't produce that well when Odell Beckham missed games. C-Mac, I just never was a huge fan on him. He's going to be taking less snaps. Um, that offense, I don't really know about it. Cam Newton seems healthy now, but he did just have that same injury that Luck did and was only throwing 10, 20 yards just two weeks ago. I just don't know about C-Mac. Regression could be there. Alvin Kamara, did you know that Alvin Kamara averaged 14 carries per game while Mark Ingram was out? 13 carries per game when Mark Ingram came back from his four-game suspension. Love Kamara, but I'm just, just making a Ezekiel Elliott, we know the deal with him. And uh, and Jerry Jones. All right, should, actually, Zeke who is who I should call him. <laughs> DJ, everyone knows what the sad of, you know, come on. Do I have to say more? I like DJ. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is a concern. Worst O-line in the league, new coach. I mean, he hasn't produced in over two years. Le'Veon Bell switches, you know, so on and so forth, okay? that's uh, You guys get the point. Nick Chubb, he's a great talent. He can catch the ball a little bit better than maybe a lot of us thought on a great offense, a decent O-line if they can get that solidified. And it's looking really good for him. Then we have, okay, so I think that, is that kind of settled, guys, like as far as yeah, without we're in agreement without, there. Kareem, yeah. without including Kareem. Okay, so now Duke Johnson's traded away. We got that out the way. So now all we have is Kareem Hunt. And I, I like Kareem Hunt a lot as a talented running back. I was people told me I was crazy for trying to draft him round three his rookie year. As soon as Spencer Ware went out, like I knew this is the guy. He finishes rough uh, runs tough, and uh, I'm I don't think I'm mistaken, but I'm I'm pretty sure, not hundred percent sure. I think they traded up to get Kareem Hunt. The Chiefs did in the third round, and once I started look, and I haven't really heard of him honestly, but I started looking at a lot of film and I liked him. But that was on the Chiefs, and now it's the Browns. So we it's a little bit of a question mark. I still think he's good, but he hasn't played football in over a year. Um, he just got into a bar incident that was blown out of proportion. It wasn't nothing, but still, it's like something there. So you wouldn't be shocked if the man got into any type of trouble again. Like, I don't expect him to, but it wouldn't be a shocker. He actually, the soonest Kareem Hunt can return is week 10. Okay, if you guys do the math in your head, they have a bye week, week seven. So the earliest he can come back is week 10. That puts him, I don't know when he got suspended last year, but it's been over a year he's like played in a game since once he comes back. When he comes back week 10, he's not going to be able to practice with the team when the season starts. So no real practice, no real football. Um, like he'll be uh, rusty, not just maybe out of football shape but kind of rusty and he might get acclimated in slowly so he comes back week 10 the earliest that's if he doesn't get suspended or do anything dumb then you have to acclimate him in slowly so the earliest he'll be relevant is week 12 and i'm telling you 
by the time it's week 12, your roster is not going to look the same. Everyone has these theories and high hopes. This is everyone's theory. My team's great. I drafted a great team. I'm going to be in playoffs for sure because that's just how it is, and my team's going to be the same. None of that stuff is guaranteed. Your team's not going to be the same. Matter of fact, out of 16 rounds, I went and counted. I just did manually like counted. The good te- like great teams have six picks that hit. So like one out of three picks hit, and and if you in seven if seven uh, of your draft picks hit in fantasy football, you're gonna win the Super Bowl in a twelve team league. It's really hard to draft players that pan out. Everyone thinks all their players are gonna pan out, but those are the facts. And some teams have only one player that pans out out of sixteen or three. That's pretty typical. So by the time it's week twelve or whatnot, and the playoffs roll around, you never know what's gonna happen. I'm down to take Nick Chubb. Um, early round two, I'm totally okay with that. Word. And where, where are you? Where are you taking Kareem Hunt, if at all? I'm. He's a player I mostly avoid because a lot of um, one one of the factors is going to be how many bench spots you have, and so we always have seven bench spots, sometimes eight in some leagues, whatever. And that's not that bad of a pick. But just like I was going to say, once the bye weeks start hitting and things will change like really, really, really fast, you might be like, I wish I had that bench spot. So I'm usually avoiding Kareem Hunt. If I do draft Chubb, uh, I'm going for Hunt. The problem is he is being overdrafted. So right now, Kareem Hunt is going round eight. I hate that. I love him round 10. And so there's a bit of a problem here. You might just want to go chub and risk it um, not getting not getting hunt. Unless you do have at least seven bench spots, then maybe consider him in round nine. How how big are you on on making sure you get your handcuff to your to your, you know, your top running backs? Not all handcuffs are created equal, my friend. So it depends who it is. Like I was like, we're drafting. So we had this one league. It's, it's this Smitty came up with the idea. It's so crazy. The throne league where the followers make the decisions. So my my follower, we had like a war room and every, and they're voting on who I draft. You know, I'm representing them, and I was telling them, look, you we're drafting Wayne Gallman. Like it's going to happen. This is a deep draft. We need our backup. And then you know, some news came about Paul Perkins might be the handcuff. So I'm like, well, if there's no clear-cut handcuff to Saquon, I'm not doing it. So there, there are some good handcuffs, though, man. And uh, I'm usually not reaching for them, but um, definitely, like, like here, here's a good one. Um, Fournette, I got to get me a Rock Armstead. I got to do that. Dalvin Cook, I mean, why not get Madison? This is, this is crazy. Look, I'm going to search for it right now just to be sure. Madison, round 12 ADP, that's stupid. Round 12, when Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is a big name. He's got the TMZ video, you know, of, uh, in the hotel. He was a big, um, big, big name in, in KC. So because he's got a big name, he's being drafted <laughs> round eight. What the heck is that? Does that mean anything? Then you have Madison. Dalvin Cook hasn't even played in the league hardly. <laughs> he's always hurt. Latavius is gone. You could get Madison, who's talented. I'm telling you, Madison's going to steal a lot of touches, man. Because either Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. At least this is how I would view it if I was the Vikings. This guy's going to get hurt, or we got to keep him fresh. Because the Vikings are going for playoffs and Super Bowl. Like, I mean, that, that, that's that's it. Like, you're not going to run Dalvin into the ground early. Like, Or if they do, they're risking him getting injured. Either way, 
Madison, Rock Armstead, those two, very valuable handcuffs. And bro. was Dalvin Cook really that impressive last year? No, he really wasn't when he played. Nah, I mean, he was coming re- off that injury, and the team was going through woes. But eh. he was pretty much impressive his first four games as a rookie before the ACL. Yeah, that's when you were like, "Wow, that was yeah. a wow factor." Which is two years ago. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not. It's not a guy. I um. I'm ranking low, a little bit lower than most on Dalvin. Are yeah. you are you high on Murray in that uh, Latavius Murray in that sense because of that Saints backfield? I mean they've been number one or two the last seven eight years in in fantasy running back points. I am not because I'm usually a pivoter right there, so I'm usually getting my running backs early and then I'm going for uh, upside there. And my upside picks have already busted a lot with like Nikhil Harry and Metcalf. Um, but it's okay, man. And even Cutie is kind of busted because Duke Johnson went to the Texans. And that's just, I mean, that I, I don't think that's my fault necessarily. I think that's just guys don't draft too early like, like we do. And we have to draft this early because uh, we're experts and want to show our draft results before we start getting busy, you know, before everyone else drafts. Um, but that's usually when I pivot. Latavius is good. He's solid. He's being drafted at the right exact spot. So... Um, I'd say he's he's more suited for a um, RB zero uh, approach. So right now he's at going at the last pick of round six. I like him around uh, mid mid seven uh, mid mid round seven, uh, maybe late seven. And that's just unfortunate that he sometimes goes super early round seven or uh, round six. So um, is that in the middle or later rounds? Are you leaning more towards? taking a, a flyer on a guy uh like a like a young player a, you know high high ceiling uh boomer bust or are you going with like once you have your starters kind of locked in or what you perceive as your starters are you then going leaning more towards like boomer bust younger guys or are you more happy with getting like you know those solid third and fourth receivers that are going to fill in fine in a bye week but are never going to be your top guy it's a complicated question. So what what I actually do in general, I do that. In general, I like going for upside and younger players because out with the old, in with the new. I'm not afraid to throw darts at a brand new dartboard and see what happens. I'm just not. Like I'm gonna do it, and I don't care. You only have like a six point two five percent chance to win your league. You know, everyone's always when they talk to me, everyone's always like, I'm I'm making playoffs, I'm making playoffs, or I'm gonna win you know, like, dude, you only got six percent chance to win. You might as well go hard. So, um, in those rounds, look, if I don't get a George Kittle I love, um, if I don't get him round three, you know, this is when I'm going for a for a tight end here. You know, so that you know, that's why it's such a loaded question. I got nine tight ends I like. And if I don't get the top, you know, top seven or top nine, I feel like I lost the league. Because if you look at all your league winners, and I know people have come up to me and said I was wrong about this, but I'm still confident that it's just a high percentage. All league winners have a top six tight end. So if we're talking 12, 12 teams, so 10 team probably be like top five tight end this year like i'm talking about in general every year so if you don't have a tight end that you think has that potential to be top five top six at least top seven in a 12 team i think you're gonna lose because every week it's like you kind of got that handicap like um you know a negative handicap yeah you play so a man like, down yeah like well yeah a little bit like you got you're like minus four points when you start out the game and 
I just feel like you can't win without a decent tight end. And there's a there's a cutoff. After that, it's a crapshoot. Uh, I like Mark Andrews, but I just wouldn't feel comfortable having him as my tight end one in a 12 team league. He's more like a you know like a 16 team league. I love Mark Andrews as my tight end one. Yeah, he's a name that's climbing up. I also feel like tight end like it's kind. It feels like a common thing that people like even fantasy experts, you know, the the big guns at ESPN and whatnot. They I feel like they. They don't value the tight end as much as as someone like you does, um, and you know other other experts online. Um, I think that's an interesting uh, an interesting difference to see those two those two sides. Um, but I, 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 you know, you're right with the, I feel that there's not a lot. You know, winning teams usually have a top tight end. I don't I don't know if that like I never heard that, but what you're saying is reflected in the ADP because when I could get Injoku in round eight, sometimes nine. Um, what you're saying is reflected into what's going on because those guys have the most influence, you know, um, big podcasters and the TV. Those guys are got the most reach. So what you're saying is probably right. Like Injoku should not be going. I know his ADP is not round nine, but I often in, in money leagues and mock drafts, I often see him go round eight, sometimes fall to round nine. And that's showing that tight ends that are good are totally underrated. And Injoku's kind of towards the end of that top seven, top nine. Scale to where, like, he's a guy I know I can trust. Is that a so for tight end? Are you rather getting the top one of those top three guys, the Kittle or the the Ertz, or uh, or are you going or are you happy getting a, a Nujoku at, at you know round seven or eight? So what I do is if Ertz is not uh, Ertz is a guy I never go for unless he falls to round four or something crazy like that, which, believe it or not, actually does happen from time to time. Mm -hmm. So Ertz is my number three. I'm super high on Kittle. So I like Kittle in round three. I might go Kelsey if you were to somehow fall out of the top 23, you know, at the very end of round two or round three. He never falls that far, though, ever. So I'm, you know, if I can't get Kittle where I like him, and if Kelsey doesn't fall, I'm avoiding Ertz. And then I'm going and making sure that I definitely solidify one of those top nine. And right now I'm going to drop Vance McDonald to the nine spot. And so those nine include uh, O.J. Howard. I mean, after the big three, you know, O.J. Howard, um, Jared Cook, very high on him. And then uh, Hunter Henry, and then we we'll go Njoku and uh, and Ingram and and Vance McDonald. Those are guys that I can pretty much trust. Yeah, I mean tight ends seem to like creep up on us. Last year it seemed like a you know a three four man position, and now all of a sudden we have you know those younger guys starting to come into their own, and, and you know Ingram, Njoku, um, Howard, and and Hunter Henry back in the fold. It seems all of a sudden like it's a much deeper position this year. That's what we think. I'm sure we'll be wrong because that's how tight ends are. We'll be wrong in a few weeks. We'll be like, what were we thinking? Of hey, course. if Ingram pans out, if Ingram uh, pans out, I'll be doing pretty good this year. Got my top running back at that so far. I'm liking everything you're saying. Wait, wait a second. There's two Ingrams. So <laughs> you said, and then you said running back. Mark Ingram or Evan Ingram? Not, not running back for a tight end. Tight end. Yeah. So the problem yeah. with Evan Ingram is a lot of people for some reason are, are taking him as the fourth tight end off the board. And I think he's being way too overvalued. That's yeah, just no, my was... only concern. Seven, the seventh tight end off the board is okay. Um, or maybe eighth, but I don't know why people have him 
everybody pretty much top four, top five, and I disagree with that. So I just I slightly bump him, uh, bump him down because Giants are not prolific scoring team, prolific offense, and the uh, the Browns I I predict will be, and that that's what tight ends that's tight end money right there. I don't think you want to rely on targets and and receptions with Ingram. And but that's the appeal with Ingram. He can be uh, really good in PPR leagues. And so there there is like I'm not saying he sucks, you know. Right. Is it is I know you took Barkley number 1 overall as Barkley in your in your followers league, but is Barkley your still your number 1 pick uh despite despite uh the Giants potential offensive line struggles? Oh yeah, hands down. And we've always seen uh, running backs do well on crappy teams and, and whatnot, and I'm very confident in Saquon Barkley. Hopefully, the Giants will do a little bit better than before as far as scoring and moving the ball and whatnot. And I've seen the stats, you know, Saquon Barkley with Odell, Saquon Barkley without. And keep in mind that's only been one season, right? Because Saquon was a rookie last year. Yeah. It's very small sample size. And but here's the facts: it wasn't working with Odell on that team. Because thinking about the team, not just fantasy for a quick second, is very important. It wasn't working out with Odell. I could have sworn Eli and Odell had chemistry the first couple of years, and I loved watching it, man. And it was happening. And then the last couple of years, it wasn't. Eli was actually worse with Odell like it would it didn't look right like they weren't connecting like it just looked weird he he like played stupid he was like almost like a rookie with Odell out there so there's something going on obviously they traded him you know like obviously something was happening yeah so people just assume like all right like you know Odell's out you know he, he draws the safety he's a big play guy so now everyone's gonna stack the box that's just in theory but in reality um, no matter what you think about the Giants GM, in reality, it wasn't working out. Like, it wasn't happening. Like, I, I get it if they were scoring a ton of touchdowns with Odell the last year or two. Like, they were the number, let's say they were the number one offense with Odell. You see that? You see how that sounds like funny? Like, that doesn't even sound like when I just say it. Like, because it's so yeah. far off from the truth. So then you, then I think the point is valid. So those stats, you know, they don't, they don't mean too much. You can always make stats you know and, and and twist stuff you know like just like how i i made sure to throw an andrew lux injury with ebron i still hated ebron before luck was hurt <laughs> you know but i throw that in to make my point stronger of course it's yeah well sticking with running backs i mean obviously the two fantasy owners the two running backs they're most concerned about right now are are probably ezekiel elliott and and melvin gordon um first who do you think is the bigger risk to miss games and who, which handcuff do you like more? Let's say neither of them play this year. Well, in, Melvin Eckler to Pollard. Well, Melvin Gordon's injury. Uh, sorry, Melvin Gordon's holdout is more serious, and I just don't trust myself. Like I'm not even gonna. I'll, I'll tell you what I think, but don't even listen to me when I tell you who's holding out, who's not, uh, because we saw what happened. Uh, with opinions with Le'Veon Bell last year, right? A lot of people were wrong. So we're not going to know exactly what's going to happen. I'm just going to report to you what's going on, like what I think is closest to facts. Melvin Gordon's holdout is more serious. He's only getting paid $5 million and he's holding out. Like, it's happening. Like, why would he play for $5 million? Like, he's already kind of in this deep. And he's, he's, he's talking like Le'Veon was last year. 
yeah, basically the same. And and he declined a ten million offer. Now, someone's like trade him this and and like, dude, it's not worth a team. A team's gonna really give up assets to pay Melvin Gordon, who's had one full season in sixteen games, averages four rush yards per carry, and is gonna pay that man twelve point three million per year. That's just the number I came up with in my head to make the deal work. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. What is this? What stupid team would do that? The Bucks haven't done it yet, so yeah, or I my, mean, Miami the, or there's a there's a load of teams that could. Oh uh, no, that's that's even worse, bro. Because Miami's tanking for Trevor Lawrence slash Tua. That's just, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, it's true, but they gotta sell some tickets. <laughs> Melvin Gordon selling tickets? Oh <laughs> more my than, god, more than Let's, more than uh, hey. more than Drake and Ballage. Hey, but I'd rather sell, you know, way more tickets next year than 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 just a little bit more this year. Um, no, nah, man, no, Melvin Gordon's not selling tickets. It's not happening. He's not that. Look, Melvin Gordon. It's funny because it's these two guys. Zeke was my number one ranked overall running back because of all the worries. I think Saquon's way more talented. He's the running back I would want on my team. But Zeke. He would be great. If it wasn't for this TMZ stuff and this holdout, I'd have Zeke as number one overall. And thankfully, in the throne league, my followers are smart and went against my rankings and picked Saquon because I'm way happier because I told them, like, Zeke's my number one. But I was like, you guys decide. You know, I like both. So, you know, whoever you guys want. Um, I never liked Melvin Gordon. He was ranked outside of my top ten. I just think Justin Jackson and Eckler is going to make the perfect combo. So pretend you're talking to me, whatever, like a month ago. This is exactly what I would tell you. And so now that he's holding out, I knew the deal. I know the deal now. Like Eckler is a very talented running back. And then you have Justin Jackson, guys, who I target in all my leagues. You can get him super late because Austin Eckler is going round six. And look, Eckler is going to go round six. That's like... You know how some guys' ADPs vary? Like, hmm. you see him go here, you see him go there, you see him go. Um, Austin Eckler will always go in round six. It's going to happen every time. Okay, maybe sometimes round seven, you know? Justin Jackson, though, ADP, late 11th round. Some, you know, these platforms that people play on, like Yahoo, which is a new site, or ESPN, which is slash Disney slash ABC, whose fantasy is not even top 1,000 priority because they're trying to sell Lion King tickets or figure out who's the next princess, has <laughs> Justin Jackson or something ranked 700 or something. You know, like something crazy. I drafted on Yahoo that, that draft you guys saw, the fan league, mm-hmm. and Tony gave me a D- minus because Tony Pollard is ranked 2,742 overall. Jeez. So, that's you gotta why. update that. <laughs> yeah, right? Bro, they don't care. They're Yahoo. They suck at everything. So, <laughs> actually, their fantasy is okay, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's not like they're not like that incentivized to be on it like 24 7. So, I'm actually not even trying to like rag on Yahoo. I'm just trying to make a point, you know? Like, I want to make my point like more entertaining. Um, but those are the facts. <laughs> Tony Polar was ranked 2,000, so, like closer to 3,000 than 2,000. That's how crazy it was <laughs> when I drafted him. So, that's because of those reasons, a guy like Justin Jackson, you'll be able to get sometimes in round 14, sometimes. Sometimes you got to pull the trigger round nine. And that's what it sucks too because it varies. But man, he's got so much upside. Even though Austin Eckler has secured that number one job with, you know, assuming Melvin's out, 
he's still not a workhorse back. He's he's great. Look, he's going to be the guy. But they're going to want to keep him fresh. He's not a workhorse. And Justin Jackson getting at a much – look at how crazy that is. Justin Jackson basically round 12 and Eckler basically round six. You know, that's that's six – that's half – you know, that's twice the, the amount of rounds. That's crazy. Go get Justin Jackson. You don't have to even start him. Once he starts getting carries and he's more familiar – um, you you can play him like he's still okay. I'm just like giving you a fair warning that like he's a little bit raw, needs needs more experience, and is a, is a little bit more risky. But at round eleven, um, that's when you that's when you can afford to take the risk. And uh, you talk about uh, Pollard. I mean Pollard, man. I'm drafting him in every league, of course. No brainer. Why not? Especially if you got Zeke. Like, how do you not go get Pollard? Now, if you got if you draft Melvin Gordon, I mean your team's just you probably done. So I don't I don't know what you're gonna do there because what you're gonna get Melvin Gordon round three, Austin Eckler round six, Justin Jackson round nine. Like what are we doing here? How is that fun? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, when you got to draft multiple handcuffs, I mean that's that's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's not that shouldn't even be a word. Multiple handcuffs. Never yeah. heard that. Never I never <laughs> heard that being said. Yeah, it shouldn't be a word. Speaking of another potential multiple handcuff situation, what are you feeling about the the Chiefs backfield now? Now there seems to be questions with with Williams not being the number one. Who you know who who we like out of the Chiefs backfield? I I'm high on Damian Williams, but this thing got me a bit scared. Um, I still believe it to be true. Damian Williams will be the number one running back now. His, he's going to be comparable to Kamara. That's what this situation is. Like I just said, Kamara got 14 carries without Ingram, 13 with. And that's what we're looking with Damian Williams. 13 carries, five receptions. Then you're probably going to have Darwin Thompson be like that Latavius role. So um, unfortunately, Darwin's ADP is rising from 14 all the way. Maybe it might go up to 10. So right now it's a... Uh, at the end of round 11. So you get Darwin Thompson round 12. That's that's very nice. Very good upside. He's your RB6. Like, how can you yeah. go wrong? I mean, I feel he, it lasts like two weeks. He's the new name hot in the streets. Everyone can't yeah. stop talking about him. It'll keep rising. It's right now, you know, it'll, it hasn't even reflected yet because of just how the stats are. But it'll, yeah, it'll go up to round 10 soon. That's crazy. Um, I guess staying with the AFC East and, uh, sorry, AFC West, uh, the Broncos receivers, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Sanders coming off that that ace or the the Achilles injury. I mean, you never, I've never seen anybody come back from that injury that quick. Uh, he looked, he looked decent. He looked like you know he had some pop. I mean, with Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton behind him, who? Where do you think those carries are going? You think, and you think Sanders is going to be a full go from week one on? Yeah, Sanders made me look a bit silly because of how fast he came back from that Achilles. So um, he, he basically proved me wrong. I was telling people Deshaun Hamilton, man, that's the number one wide receiver. Don't draft Sutton. And now Sanders complicates things. And look, he's older. He can get re-injured. But where he's going is well worth a pick. I I basically get Deshaun. I, I avoid Sutton. Like you, I, I don't even hate him. But it's just like there's just so much going on that I either – in a deep league, I get Deshaun Hamilton super late, or right. go get Emmanuel Sanders round ten, which is just incredible value. He should be doing very well. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look any any different. He looked he looked like he was you know just coming back from a regular season. You know, it didn't he didn't look like he had any signs of injury. I mean, granted, you know, it's a few plays in preseason, but 
Well, I've seen him work out. I've seen footage of him working out a month ago, and it he looked good. That's what I knew. I knew about a month ago. I was wrong just by looking at him yeah. running. Yeah, I was like, dude, this guy looks great. Like he looks like he's ready to go. And he he did when the preseason rolled around a week too. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people don't even after Sanders' injury last year that uh, Deshaun Hamilton out out snapped and out targeted uh, Cortland Sutton down the down the stretch. Um, yeah, he did better. I mean, yeah. just plain and simple. Yeah, uh, that's something you you probably most people probably aren't aren't thinking about or aren't you know. Just because Sutton has the name, he's got a bigger name. Yeah. Um. I guess another another team we should talk about is the Steelers. Um, obviously, you have Juju and and Connor kind of really taking the reins now. Um, are you expecting similar similar production out of both of them this year? Are you expecting Juju to take that that next step to real legit wide receiver one? Yeah, Juju's my top three wide receiver uh, on the rankings. Um, that's fine if you disagree. Have him as top five, you know, because Michael Thomas is there. And Michael Thomas is absolute beast. So top three, top five, whatever. That should, you know, that tells you he's good. Connor is a guy I'm avoiding because Jalen Samuel is going to be heavily featured in this offense. All signs point to this happening. Connor got injured. There's no more Bell, no more AB. They have no wide receiver two, no wide receiver three, no wide receiver four. Jalen Samuels, you guys remember in fantasy? You guys remember that glitch for you guys who play on Yahoo? You could start him as a tight end or running back. Yeah, man has hands. He did okay when Connor was out. He's going to be heavily involved. So I'm avoiding Connor. There's so many other options. I've personally worked out with – I didn't didn't work, but I personally met Joe Mixon and worked with him and filmed one of his private workouts, and Joe Mixon's a beast – Give me Mixon over Connor any day. But Juju I like. Yeah, Mixon, another example of a guy people love on a terrible team. Yeah, but uh, this is this is the, uh, you know, with some people that are somewhat sensible or, you know, have some kind of logic, they come up to me and they're like, but he's got a bad old line. I was like, but he had a bad old line last year. And what did he do? Got knee, his knee scope, came back, put the team on his back. Eifert gets hurt. A.J. Green gets hurt. Defenses. Who are they? Who is the defense scared of? Other than Tyler Boyd, who's a basically a possession receiver. They're, they're defending Mixon. That's the whole team. He put the whole team on his back, and all he did was lead the AFC in rushing last year and missed two games. And he still did it. And the man has natural hands. If you go go and search my video, How I Met Joe Mixon, crazy story, the footage is at the end of that video if you don't want to hear me speak on that. But the story's cool too. But, man, this, this guy has some natural hands. Like, I'd rather have Mixon uh, over Connor. I'd rather have Chubb over Connor. That makes sense. That makes sense. Also, um, uh, regarding the Steelers, how do you feel about James Washington? Yeah, man, I, they don't have a wide receiver too. I'm not. He he was he's looked okay in preseason, but he was such trash last year. He could have been like the second worst or third worst or absolute worst wide receiver last year out of anyone you know who took any snaps. That's how bad he was last year. Just hard to imagine that he improves that much. You're probably gonna have a carousel of just headaches um, if if you. Draft any Steelers wide receiver other like, than Juju. Like him and will split time. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> I mean, just kind of like how you know AB and Juju, like whoever you started other than that, like was just 
like you didn't know what was gonna happen, or uh, you know, like there was like a Eli Rogers and all these guys yeah, and Rogers and there's the other possession receiver. What was his name? He was the Switzer, and he's nothing. Fantasy yeah, one. I mean, wait, hey man, he could, <laughs> hey, he could be wide receiver too with this bunch. <laughs> Because he's actually talented, but yeah, he just doesn't scream like, I'm going to demand, you know, heavy target share or anything like that. I like McDonald this year. Yeah, just news came in today that his snap counts won't increase. Um, so I'm going to knock him down a few spots, but he is in my top nine. Like, he is a guy mm-hmm. um, you definitely want to target with a lot of upside. Um, he's been hurt, though. So it's like, you know, he's a risk. He's super risky. I, I would say, like, I'd even have Hunter Henry ahead of him. Makes sense. Um, shit, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, staying with the Steelers for another second. Are you, you know, Big Ben, a guy who finished, you know, when he finished top, top five or close to top five in in fantasy last year? Is he a guy you're taking down a peg this year because of age and you know loss of weapons? Oh yeah, he's only valuable in dual quarterback leagues, super flex leagues. So with the, and this is we're talking about like young players and upside. This is where. This applies to 100% is quarterbacks because this year has been the deepest the quarterback position's ever been um, since fantasy football ever. And so it's not really – you don't need – like Phillip Rivers could easily be QB1. He's going to be good. He's going to be solid. Like we know that. I'm, I'm avoid. like why do I need to draft Phillip Rivers? Why do I need to draft Big Ben as a QB2? Like I don't, I don't have to do this. Like I'd rather go – after like a Lamar Jackson or Jameis Winston or Kyler Murray. And it's like, you know, people laugh at me when I draft those guys on YouTube. And it's like, dude, I don't care. It's the quarterback. I'm getting them late. These guys have upside. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers led the league in pass yards last year. And they had a clown, a complete joke as a head coach. So Jameis Winston's always had upside. Like I know, I know he's silly and weird and and whack and makes dumb mistakes on and off the field. But it's like the guy has upside. If I swing and miss, you know, I'm gonna have a QB too. I'll be just fine. You know, whoever else that is. So that's where you can take risks and stuff. So out with the old, in with the new. Why am I chasing after Big Ben's glory days when I could just get you know something else? So Even is it, maybe like a Josh Allen. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, you could name so many. Like, like people don't like like how Darnold could be okay this year. Not a guy I'm like talking about in fantasy or targeting, but just yeah, not to make a one, my but point. A QB two. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, why? I mean, how could you draft Darnold as a QB one? There's there's literally yeah. 22 guys you can start. Yeah. Um. So you know, right? We're talking about this tier, like with Derek Carr. Um. Sam Darnold and you know after I'm a Niner fan after Jimmy G's you know rusty streak this past week maybe you drop it up down there too but there's so many guys I like like Trubisky's a, a like ahead of these guys like I love Trubisky he showcased a ton of talent last year it was just very inconsistent and made some bad decisions but when he was on it he was on it and Matt Nagy is the truth and the Bears are the truth so I got you know I'd rather go with Trubisky see if he can be more consistent so based on that, like with such quarterback depth this year in a one quarterback league, how how early and how late are you comfortable taking your starting quarterback? So Mahomes is QB one, and there's no argument there. It's just that it is what it is. There's nothing that comes close to Mahomes, and so I'd go with Mahomes in round four. 
unfortunately his ADP is round two. And I don't know, those are like weird leagues. Like he goes in money leagues, he's going in round three, sometimes early four. So I, I just wouldn't, you know, I'd rather get David Montgomery in round three. Like you got to get your running backs. Um, you got to get a top uh, top eight wide receiver, top seven wide receiver if if they're there instead of a Patrick Mahomes. Like that's like to me, it's crazy to draft Mahomes over Juju, Mike Thomas, um, Hopkins, Adams. Um, you know, guys like that. It's just I, I just I can't do it, uh, and especially over um, wh- who I think could be a top ten or top twelve running back like a David Montgomery or even a uh, Chubb. I, I'd have to take Chubb over Mahomes and mix in over Mahomes for sure. Would you lean towards more? Would you rather take two running backs in the top 12 or get yourself a, a top seven or eight running back and wide receiver to start the draft? Or is that something that kind of just as it plays out? You what was it. the question again? Um, would you rather have like two top twelve running backs to start off the draft in the first two picks, or are you going a top six or seven, eight wide receiver and running back? So um, this is this is like I'll simplify it for you. So um, I could possibly go three running backs, but highly unlikely in the first three. So I'm always getting um, probably two running backs in the first three rounds. So I'll put it like that. Um, and then I, I'm, I'm trying not to pass up on a top eight, top seven wide receiver, that first two tiers, you know, so Hopkins Adams is tier one and then go, you know, guys like Juju and Mike Thomas is tier two. They're all pretty close. Where's your like last, like elite receiver, so to speak. Is it like, well, and because Antonio Brown, things are, things are in flux currently, yeah, my rankings. <laughs> and then I got Mike Evans, who I love. But I'd rather go get Chris Godwin in round five than Mike Evans. I'm that high on Godwin. I'm a huge believer. A lot of people like him in round four, though. Would you do that? I wouldn't. Um. Yeah, I I, I think I just took him in 4.11, which is basically round five. All right. That, yeah, that's that's, that's right. Yeah, he doesn't scream early fourth rounder to me, but... uh. Yeah, getting him there and, you know, not risking the guy at the, the turn to take him at 4.12, 5.1. Um, I, I take him at 4.11. A lot of targets available in uh, Tampa with Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphrey's gone. So, Oh, I yeah, mean, dude, I'm they sure have Bruce Arians. He's literally the, like, you go, uh, you know, I wrote the book How to Play Fantasy Football. The man is the quarterback whisperer. He wrote the book Quarterback Whisperer, and it's like, Let's just say you think Bruce Arians is an average coach, which is like somewhat laughable. That's fine. Yeah. He's average. That's got to be way better than um, than Dirk Coutier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I call him, Dirk Cutter. <laughs> Dirk Cutter. Because Coutier Dirk. sounds softer, right? <laughs> you know? yeah. So he made it French. Yeah, Dirk Cutter sounds like you know this guy's gonna chop off chop uh, chop up your defense. Yeah, he you sounds know? like and a I, villain in a, sp- a superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that because the man's whack. He's soft. He's got no posture. Get him out of here. You could. I so, feel like when we're watching uh, Hard Knocks, you could you could see that guy was just destined to get fired. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> liked him at the beginning, but now in hindsight, yeah, I mean the guy's just like he's a nobody. You see through him, like you're like, where's the yeah. coach? And he's that he's not there. You know, he's just he doesn't. Yeah, he's he's a nobody. Like, and so you know, okay, Blake Bortles to Foles, big big. All three guys agree, big boost. Yeah, I Huge. mean, I I hope so. <laughs> well, how how much do you think Blake Bortles sucks? Let's just 
Pretty pretty bad. Pretty bad. Okay, yeah. good good enough answer. All right, that's yeah. what Dirt Cutter and Bruce Arians is. So what, no matter what you think of Foles, it's still way better than Bortles. Yeah. Bortles exactly. is a Bortles is a backup quarterback. Yeah, he is. He he got you know, he got the got benefit exposed. of the doubt with the defense and run game for two years. Yeah, he had Maybe his his two years. Time. He's yeah. he's a backup now. He'll be he'll be very happy, and he should be being a backup for the rest of his career and having a long backup career. That would that that's a good scenario for him. Bad scenario. He got his money already. So. Yeah, ah, he's fine. Pick yeah, up that clipboard. Yeah, well, that's chilling. that's what I'm saying with the Bucks coach. It's it's a yeah. big. It's gonna be better, and uh, you need somebody like I felt like Winston never had a coach. Um, so now Winston's got a coach, and and that man yeah. Winston is super talented. And I look, I draft Winston a couple times. It's okay. Like I know, like I know it's risky. I know he's made bozo throws. I know he's had problems on and off the field. But the talent is—he's not a Mariota man. He's not. He has the upside. He has the talent. He's a gunslinger. He can do it. Now, will he be able to do it? I think so. I could be wrong. It could be a bust, but that's why you go get Winston round thirteen. He, he falls did have in that round one 13. exceptional year. What was it? His second year? I think his rookie year was good, rookie man. Year? Yeah, I know because I I know I drafted him. And it wasn't his rookie year, but he had one really good year. Maybe it was his third, but it was I know. his first or second year, he was really good. Well, his first year, I think he scored like seven rushing touchdowns too. So fantasy fans like that, and then it regret like so. I think he was okay as rookie year. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too sure either. But yeah, we've. But but if you watch him though too, you see flashes of him. You see him make those down yeah. the field his throws. His first two years. First two years, he was both very good, and then he's he's regressed since. But I mean, yeah, like you're saying, Mariota. Like that's another guy. I don't know how he's still. Um. I don't know necessarily if I think he's that bad. But yeah, he's not exciting. He's not. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, just give him I mean, one. When you're more that year. injured, when you're always injured, like a Mariota, it's like your talent doesn't supersede, um, you know, uh, you know, to allow all the injuries to. Talking about Carson Wentz? I thought we were talking about Mariota. <laughs> yeah, what, are you, what are you thinking on Wentz? Like, I mean, how how are you uh, drafting Wentz as a QB one? I'm a, I'm a Wentz hater, man. Don't believe in it. Um, and without Foles, there, like Nick Sudfeld just got hurt, so. They went and uh, they went and signed uh, Josh McCowan, and yeah. it's like it's My just boy. it's just very different, very scary. You don't have Nick Foles to save the day. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey's always hurt and deemed up. There's a lot going on. Out of the Eagles, one guy I really like is Miles Sanders. Yes. I go and reach and get him. I I love him in round six. You can't you just can't beat that type of draft pick round six. He's gonna be the starter. People are like, what about Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard was the guy they good. got. They got Jordan Howard because they were scared. What, what, if, imagine if they like they couldn't some for some reason couldn't really get a good running back in the draft or whatever, and they didn't. Ha- so if they, imagine if they didn't have Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard. I mean, what are we doing? A Clementine, a Darren Sproley. <laughs> I mean, what's a Smallwood? Smallwood. Smallwood. It sounds like it sounds like a sitcom here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when you're talking about, uh, you know, Jordan Howard, he's a fall forward for three, four yards running back. That's all he is. His career really high has, is three point seven yards I, per carry. I think, I think all he, I think he was a big detriment to that Bears offense. Um, yeah, that's why Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they need Montgomery. They need Cohen. They got the, ex, they got the explosion with those two guys. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe I, I agree with you though. I think Miles Sanders. He maybe he could. He has a little Kareem Hunt in him. A little, you know, <laughs> could take the take the reins of this and have a great rookie season for them. He's explosive. He's very shifty. I still think there's going to be a committee, but that's okay. Like we're not. That's like remember when I was going through making my point. All the the top seven running backs. Like how you could say something bad about them. Yeah. Like it's it's going to happen. It's going to start yeah. off as a committee. That's fine. But if my dude's getting ten, eleven carries. Maybe 14, 15 touches. That's you know borderline RB one territory yeah. there. If he's if he's if the Eagles are you know good like they usually are and they got a good O line and they're scoring points, yeah, that's yeah. enough. That's enough right there. Um, yeah, he's got upside. Well. He's got a ton of upside. So JGI, JGI is a good example. Man carried the ball eleven times and was an all star. Like every time he touched the ball, it was like ten yards. Yeah, uh, won the Super Bowl that year, I believe. So yeah. JHI, man, he did, he wasn't. I mean, he was a committee. There was still like Clementine, Clement, and you know all those guys. I think were still there. Sproles was there. Uh, well, no, Legarrette Blunt. Legarrette Blunt was there that year. Yeah, Blunt was there. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge. That's a huge committee, and JHI uh, <laughs> was still balling. So that uh, Miles Sanders can definitely do it with with less talent behind him. So we yeah. we just mentioned both these guys, Montgomery and Sanders. Who who would you lean towards? Um, having the better year this year, who you who you rather draft it out of those two? Montgomery, Montgomery, Montgomery. Montgomery is my number one rookie dynasty player right now. Montgomery, I'm getting him in round three. YouTube's making fun of me. That's okay. No worries. I don't need to be like everyone else and and draft. You know what other people's rankings are. I'm going for Montgomery, man. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, good friend of mine. He's super cool, dude. I'm a Niner fan from Northern California, but. Um, Bears are my second favorite team because I'm rooting for Taylor Gabriel always, and they got the best defense. That'll give Montgomery more touches. Uh, Coach Nagy's the truth. That O line is good. Coach Nagy said, um, "Jordan Howard, you know I'm shipping you off. You know when you don't like your kid, he's acting up. You ship him off to military school to shape him up, or send him to live with his uncle. Well, that uncle's in Philadelphia." He's so glad he's gone. <laughs> and uh, Man, he's like, let me go get a new shiny toy and went and got Montgomery. He pointed and said, hey, Montgomery, this is the guy I want. He can do it all. He's an absolute beast. Bears are so just – ima- just imagine the locker room right now, right? right? Either, either as a, like a group of players, right, eating dinner or, or you in the front office. You just got rid of Jordan Howard, the fullback, <laughs> right? <laughs> got Montgomery making move. Everyone's so excited right when now. When I hear that, I think I think um, North Carolina coach uh, Roy Williams. The, the when he comes in after winning the the, uh, the national championship, where he screams. You know, oh, the that, yeah, that gi- that gif is so great. That that's exactly what I think of. We just traded. Like. <laughs> That dude, that's exactly how it is for the Bears right now. They're so excited. And Cohen, I'm down on Cohen. Like, don't you know, guys? Also, forget they got Cordell Patterson this year, and they drafted another wide receiver. He, he so can, he can play running back. Yeah, for, and for the Pats, Tariq Cohen's still gonna have a role. Don't get me wrong, but people are like, it, it, he's like a third how, down receiver. You know, change of pace guy. He's no, he's no fifteen twenty carries a game guy. Yeah, he's kind of like uh, he's gonna be like Darren Sproles the last three years. I like, yeah. kind of like that, you know. Still, still have a role, but it'll be like I'll put it like this: How do you know when you start him? He's gonna have his good games because he's not gonna have that many. Exactly. Like, yeah, and that was the issue last year. That was the issue last year. Some weeks six points, some weeks twenty four. It was 
and this and that was with uh, Howard, the guy they yeah. they said go to military school, shape up, get your life together, get just get out of this house. Anything you do, just please get out. They don't like you. And so, uh, yeah, Montgomery's a new shiny toy man. They're just so happy. I mean, really, the only reason that he's not going to get the rock a bunch of times is like to to try to keep him healthy. You know, like yeah. that's that's the only yeah. thing. Uh, Mike Davis, you know, he's his handcuff, and he'll he'll uh, steal yeah. a couple carries here and there just to keep this this man fresh and healthy. And uh, I like the defense, man. It's, it's hands down the number one defense. It's going to get Montgomery a lot of opportunities in the red zone and the goal line within the ten yard yeah. line. Love Montgomery. Speaking of uh, Mike Davis, um, he's obviously coming from the uh, Seahawks backfield. Who now is looking at Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Where do you stand with uh? Chris Carson, uh, he was very good for me last year, but um, he's a grinder. He's not nothing. I don't know if he's the talent Rashad Penny is, but um, I feel like Carson's still the the guy right now. But how do you feel about that situation? Carson is the guy. Carson was one of the best running backs last year. Just looking at him, and none of that none of that matters, dude. Like that doesn't matter. Julio Jones, he's tall. He's most athletic. Yeah. He's got great hands too. Great running. Does that mean that he's going to score more than three touchdowns a year ago? <laughs> no, we talk about it every week. Yeah, Antonio, we always shit on him for that. We Antonio shit on him all the time. Brown, Antonio Brown's a short little man. He's Fifteen touchdowns last year, and he's he's losing his mind and hates his quarterback. Fifteen touchdowns. So none of that. Adam Thielen. He didn't like. He was. Nobody. Now he's a baller. Like, let's be honest, Adam Thielen. I mean, he's a white wide receiver. You wouldn't expect that from him, and he's he's balling. Whatever reason, like I mean, the man's like twenty nine or something. That means like breakout season. We, out of, we, you know, we never heard about him the first few years. Like, who the heck? Where did he come from? So um, none of that matters. What matters is Chris Carson runs hard as hell. He, he does run hard, and he gets he gets a lot of goal line work. I, I like him. I I do. Wait, where? Where do you have him ranked in your rankings? Give me like get him. Um, I can pull up my rankings, but round five would be great. Let me get yeah. the ADP. So ADP is end of round three, which is insane. Um, I never see him go that early. That's crazy. But if you can get him That's... at the end of round four, early round five, you got to take him because these he can be he's... a good RB two for you. I feel like. He's he's a RB three, but if you're doing like a tight end or wide receiver early, then he'll he'll be. He'll have to be your RB two, and that's very okay. You know, that's totally fine yeah. um, for him to be your RB two. But but like but I mean, you're not like I said. I wouldn't want him in round three. That's when I'm taking David Montgomery. So yeah. he would more like be my RB three, and I'd be yeah. fine with it. If he's my RB two, my rest of my team's better be balling. You know, I better have yeah, like a you Kelsey. Gotta, you gotta have two top receivers. Yeah. And- exactly. Yeah, I better have some beasts. So speaking on other on other rookies. I guess we could start up with with quarterback, and there's really only one. I guess you want to talk about, and Kyler is. I mean, Hask- oh, sorry. I mean, well, Haskins, no, yes, but I mean, kidding. obviously, no, people no, are no. people are talking about Kyler, and is is he a legit QB one for you? I mean, are you taking that risk I, on him, even with that top team? ten? I have him as a top ten quarterback. Um, everyone likes to. Uh, we have this weird guy in our league in the draft party named Germ. And when I drafted him, he said he's got small hands. And it's just like um, – it's such a dumb – like he's he's such a – he's just a crazy guy. And he had so small dumb. hands his whole life. But Yeah, there you go. But like, but Germ brings up a great point. People just like to throw stuff out there. 
But why? Nobody thought. You, do you know how I was like Desha, uh, Deshaun? Now I'm high on Trubisky now for sure. But I always thought Deshaun Watson was the best quarterback coming out of that year when it wasn't a, a very strong quarterback class. What most people thought, and Deshaun Watson did it. He wasn't. He wasn't good enough to start over Tom Savage. This is just the. Was it Tom Savage? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You know what? Like, how the heck can we remember a well, Texans they lost quarterback? The Jaguars week one. It was Tom Savage, and then. He came in, ripped it up a little bit in the second half, and they didn't have enough. At time. least he did something, yeah. And then he won against the Bang. So I'm just saying, like the the my point is that I almost don't remember Tom Savage's name because the quarterbacks on the Texans were that awful. But this is just facts that the coach said he wasn't ready. He didn't start Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson did it on a team with a bad O line, a team with no hope. I mean, it looked it looked bad. That's why that's why you put a rookie who's not even. Uh, good enough to start over Tom said DeAndre Hopkins said Tom Savage is our quarterback. So uh, when they when they interviewed him, that's how bad it was, and and he couldn't start over him, and he ripped it up. Texans worst O line uh, had nothing. I mean their running back situation wasn't that great. They have the pedestrian Lamar Miller made it's Lamar Miller. Happened, right? Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's the guy the now. He's the he's guy. Still, well, I mean Duke they got Johnson. Duke, but I mean Lamar was never the biggest pass catcher. Lamar's he, had, he had that one year with Miami, and ever since that, he's just—he's just there. He's okay. Yeah, he's just yeah. uh, if you but, draft Lamar Miller, I'm just like, oh, what, what are you doing? And uh, there's another quarter. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. But Deshaun Watson is the perfect. Um, Was it Yates? Cam, Cam, yeah, pro- it could have been Yates. Uh, no, 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 not. T- I meant. Um, Whoever I don't care who who the quarterback was for the Texans. That's long gone anyway. <laughs> um, I'm talking about uh, Cam Newton. Cam, so Cam Newton his rookie year, um, Deshaun Watson his rookie year, um, RG three his rookie year. We've seen quarterbacks do this. Of course I can be wrong. Of course there is risk. I know the Cardinals O line sucks, but the amount of sheer volume plays they will run. The amount of the ratio of throwing, they could throw the ball the most. They in in, in the league, they could have the most pass attempts or yeah. call, pass plays called. Um, David Johnson is going to get a lot of catches. Oh yeah, it's it's so much that Chase Edmonds is going to get involved um, because he, David Johnson might have to play slot, you know, and Chase Edmonds yeah. can catch too. So Chase Edmonds is going to get involved, and they they'll be on the field at the same time more than likely because they have too many rookie wide receivers. They probably won't all pan out. But just the sheer volume of plays and 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 pass calls that it's going to be out there, and Kyler Murray's insane cat-like quickness and ability to run. He's not going to be designed run all the time, but just escape the pocket and get you those few rush yards. And fantasy quarterbacks who get rush yards are worth so much. And everyone would remember RG3's rookie season, how it was so great and awesome, but the man didn't really throw too many yards. He got the rush yards. Rush yards equal big points. So if Kyler Murray gets you 640 rush yards, that's four bonus points. That's four brownie points, man. That's At extra points. And you saw it. Josh Allen was running for 100 a game some games. Like, um, yeah, it, he did that three weeks in a row. Yeah, so. Josh Allen was the number one fantasy QB from week 10 on last year. Yeah. I He won me one of my championships last year. I mean, it's just. It's kind of like a new era of, I mean, I don't know if it's going to win you a Super Bowl because that doesn't, but for, in regards to, you know, real football, but for fantasy football, yeah, <laughs> give me these 
these new Kyler Murrays, these Cardinals ain't winning a Super Bowl. That's yeah, that's exactly. a, they're, they're bring not. me to my next point is that their defense is trash. So they're going to have to throw and play catch up in the fourth quarter, probably even the third quarter. So that's just that's another bonus of just throwing the ball. And I did some advanced statistics, guys. Philip Rivers averages zero point one rush yards per game, and so. Yes, that's why I don't draft Philip Rivers. He'll be good, but I'd rather get Kyler Murray, who will probably get 640 rush yards and get me four extra points, which that means that Rivers has to throw an extra touchdown to keep up with Kyler Murray. If he's going to get 640 rush yards, I think that's a good projection. Yeah. It's like that with Aaron Rodgers, too. With Rodgers, you always have his feet. You always have... Well, he yeah, doesn't I mean, take off as much anymore. He yeah, has he's a little banged up, but still, he could still, you know, get 20, 30 yards here, there. It's it's still, it's not Philip Rivers or Eli Manning territory. Oh yeah, he's not. Rogers is definitely not a statue. Yeah. yeah. So, but, well, how I say is like when last year, I'm like, man, Mahomes is like Rogers point two point oh. Only yeah. like, only like, possibly more talented at his age. That's for sure. I mean, we'll see what happens now if if. Because Rodgers has been banging out last two years. We'll see uh, if he can stay healthy. I'm still a believer in Rodgers, but he's about, about yeah. 35 years old, I believe, and been banged up. Let's see if he can stay healthy. I, I still think he's he's. I have him as my QB, too. Behind uh, I'm real Collins. high on the Packers this year as a team. Yeah, I think they had a great offseason, a great draft. Um, I'm, I'm big on them this year, but, I, you know, like every year, so all birdies. depends on Rodgers' health. Yeah, it's, it's if it's he's a lot not of, healthy. Well, there's a new coach, and who's the wide receiver two and three? There's a lot of worries I there. I, th- I think I like Valdez Scantling. Yeah, man, Rogers is talking him up. How do you feel about Scantling? A lot of people are I've buzzing draft- about him. I've drafted him. I think he's the two, and then Geronimo's the three or slot, and so two wide receiver sets, it's MVS. But I don't have that type of I, – I just don't get how you can have that much confidence in this new coach who tore his Achilles – and won't let Rodgers change the plays, and the wide receiver twos and threes are dropping balls left and right in practice. Um, just worry is all I'm saying. You know, I still have him as a QB two. Mm-hmm. I still draft him if he fell to round six. You know, if he fell to round seven, I'm taking him every time. But uh, there, there's just some worries there, and that's that's kind of why you might want to wait on a QB. I don't yeah. know, Rodgers round five or Trubisky round sixteen. I mean. Yeah. It just it feels like there's always that one person that takes a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes too early in every draft. It's so always going to happen. It's, it's always, always you know. So, I mean, that, someone that, that I think I like this year. Charger. <laughs> he yeah. always does, but he just couldn't make it this year. <laughs> someone I think I like this year, actually, and it sounds like he's healthy. Um, it seems like Cam Newton's being undervalued based on, you know, what he, you know, his upside and everything. His ADP's around, you know, pick 70-ish or so. I mean... I mean, I had Cam Newton last year. He was, I think, the second-ranked quarterback till week seven or eight. He was ripping it up between, you know, obviously those rushing touchdowns and yards. See, um, there we go with the stats, making the stats look like. So you said, like, Josh Allen was the best quarterback from week 10 and above. Like, does that, I mean, that doesn't mean you're drafting him, like, QB1. No, no, it doesn't. But, you but, know, but Cam, Newton. Cam Newton. We've seen Cam Newton contribute be a significant fantasy quarterback, top five quarterback for a couple of years. I'm a Cam Newton hater. Okay, just let's let's get that out the way. What makes Cam Newton awesome is that the man's a beast, tight end, fullback, up the middle, and an amazing, talented runner. 
um, not quite like we've seen with any other type of mo. Like I can't even call him mobile quarterback. He's just a beast. He's just he's like a fullback. He's crazy. Now, his rookie year, he's amazing. But you know, whatever, however old he was, his rookie year, twenty-one. You know, whatever, twenty-two. Okay, when you're young, it's different, man. After you had so many injuries, he's coming off the same injury that Andrew Luck had that kept him out an entire year, and he's not going to be able to do it with his arms. I think we all can agree to that. He's never thrown the 5,000 pass yards. Um, he's always He's been trashed without Greg Olson, for an, if you're talking about for an entire year. So Greg Olson is back, but that man is one injury away from becoming the next bad Jason Witten commentator. Um, don't I don't want to see him in the booth. Maybe I should really I really need that man to stay healthy because <laughs> I don't want him in the booth too much. No one needs uh, that. Yeah, no one needs the next Jason Witted commentator. So yeah, like Cam Newton, um, you know, in the perfect scenario with perfect health, sure. But I know how football players think on defense. You do this a few times to me, I'm gonna send a message. And that's what I this is what I said last year though. You know, everything's recorded. Like I said this and the Falcons went and did it. And they took a cheap shot at him. It was nasty and he was slow to get up. And props to him for being way tougher than I thought he was. But man, just just how he leaves press conferences and puts himself in harm's way and is always, you know, yeah. risking to get injured. So he's either gonna suck. Greg Olson's going to get hurt and Cam Newton's going to suck or he's going to ball out and get injured. Like those are like very likely scenarios I'm giving you. So why why not get Lamar Jackson who I know is like similar worries but he's yeah. younger and hey man he seems to juke people better. <laughs> I'm saying of course if you're going to take a you know someone that's QB1 that may be injury prone like him or Wentz that has the potential of you know a mid quarterback when you know you you gotta you know you gotta get someone like a Lamar Jackson or a solid QB2 to back him up you know so I just know, I'd like, rather go I'd rather go young man because that man has taken so many hits you think about that he's he's gotten hit like 10 times a game that's yeah, crazy. No, it's no, that's it's running just, back and he's thirsty I'm just saying, based on where he's being drafted I don't think it's bad value I don't I compared going, to okay he's going round eight that's crazy I take Royce Freeman right there um, I, I'd go with, I'd go with Kyler Murray later. I could get Jameis Winston's base. You know, a guy I like is Devin Singletary, who is buried behind the depth chart, but just one little injury or trade or, or, or release of LaShawn McCoy and Devin Singletary can ball out. So, and I, you know, I said it from the get go though, you know, it's okay if you disagree, but I'm a Cam Newton hater. I'm a, a definitely avoiding him. Uh, at all costs, and I think there's better. I mean, right now, I don't know what the heck's up with this ADP thing. It says Russell Wilson is going to 13 picks after Cam Newton, so it's it's messed up. I know, I know what you like. Sense. I see Cam Newton go round 10 usually, right? That's where I see him. How are you on Wilson? A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people have mixed opinions on Wilson this year. He's going to be that safe guy. I like him. I have him as uh, my QB eight, I think eight or seven, something like that. So I like him a lot. He's going to be good. He's just. And I was like, all right, man. I, at first, I had him kind of higher, and I was like, you know, that's last year's stats. Don't be recency biased. But if I had to really, um, like, guess or, or project, are they going to have the same philosophy as yes, last year? And I think the answer is yes. They're going to be a run-first team, and you're going to have to rely on his efficiency and his rush yards. And so um, just not a ton of upside. I'd, I'd rather probably wait and get, you know, someone with more upside or something later. But 
Uh, wouldn't mind having him as my QB one either if he does fall. Like it says round nine here, I'd, I'd take him in round nine in a heartbeat. So yeah, transition over a little bit to kind of rookie wide receivers. Um, a lot of people are talking about McCall Hardman out of Kansas City. What Are there any other rookie wide receivers you like? Do you like him? What do you see with the the uh, Sammy Watkins situation in Kansas City? Is he gonna, Do you like him coming up? Is he going to mess with Hardman? Um, rookie wide receivers, Hardman, you like him? Any other guys? Well, Sammy Watkins hasn't really stayed healthy. So Hardman's okay. My my favorite one right now is Jalen Hurd, and I'm drafting him super late. He's a flyer. Look, it's okay to draft crazy players because you can drop them. What actually hurts your team is when you draft like Larry Fitzgerald and you can't drop him, and you have to keep him, or so and you can't trade him, and he's just taking up space. So now you're in this limbo situation where you you can't add another player. You can't like you don't know what you're just slowly sucking more and more every week. Like it's just bad. And so with the player like Jalen Hurd, I like who has some upside. Maybe I drop him before the bye weeks come. And I'm I'm not saying to draft him like he's basically like a last round. You know he's a round 16, round 14, uh, around there. That's that's my favorite one right now. Um, that's where I'd go. I like Debo Samuel too, but uh, he, it'd have to be like he'd have to fall crazy because I'm not that high on Niner receive wide receivers. Um, but if they do fall, like Debo, af- like round, it'd have to be at least round thirteen. Like that's how much I'd have to wait on a guy like uh, like Debo Samuel. What about a Miles Boykin? I think I, I like him as a leaf flyer as well. Sure, sure, because he's looked really good. Um, yeah, kind of like a why not, you know. And then yeah. hopefully just, you'll be able to drop him like quick, or he'll ball out quick. Yeah, usually you know in the first couple of weeks. I mean, he's if a big receiver. Starting, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's obviously they have some some holes in that um you know Ravens receiving core. You know, uh, they lost Brown. He was their big speed threat. So I mean, it's all it depends on Lamar's accuracy too. I mean, he wasn't very accurate as as decent as he was a fantasy option. He's if he can get his accuracy down that. Helps the receivers and his fantasy value big time. Only way to go is is, is up for him, man. He can only yeah. get better. He, he he would miss some throws that were just like high school throws. Start missing throws by ten yards, like really. I didn't I didn't think he threw. I, th- no, I, <laughs> I don't remember him throwing the ball last. He's he's been throwing in preseason a little bit, but I don't even remember him throwing the ball. No, it, it wasn't pretty when he did, but. I had John Brown, dude, and so I know he did. <laughs> John Brown went from being, like, relevant to being just, like, not even, like, a top 80 wide receiver yeah. when they switched from Flacco to him. Yeah. So one guy we have shockingly not talked about yet is Josh Gordon. What's your What's your opinion on Josh Gordon coming back? Now he's going to be, you know, if he's on the field, he's the Patriots' number one. I mean, do, but- you, guys, do you guys know the story, what happened to him last year? I thought I did, but maybe not. Let's. What do you well, got? He had um, chaperones watching him like twenty four seven last year on the Patriots, and apparently he's a very charismatic, likable dude, and he somehow convinced these guys to get the night off and let him let him loose. He did some stuff. Failed drug test, <laughs> said it was uh, mental health, 
then and then the, you know and then he got suspended and man this guy is just out of control and i went on a podcast and said like uh, man that he's he's away from hard knocks i was like man this i i have a conspiracy man i think he's relapsed and at the time it sounded super crazy and wild like now it sounds like i think it's almost a fact that that's probably what happened or yeah, this is why we need you here we need this info yeah. that's fucking wild yeah, and, and uh, I mean, yeah, these things happen. Remember Des Bryant? He he uh, hit his mom in the face, and he had a chaperone. Jerry Jones, uh, yeah. you know, he might have grabbed a couple duffel bags and uh, said, Jerry. "Look, don't suspend Des Bryant. He'll have a chaperone twenty four hours." And that's kind of what Josh Gordon. He had some chaperones, and he uh, he's like a super likable guy, from what I hear. Like, yeah, so, I, I hear that as well. It crazy, seems like everyone's yeah. rooting for Josh Gordon. It's just. He can't get he's out of his own way. A, he's an addict, man. He's like a true definition uh, of an addict, yeah. and and so, um, yeah, it's uh, he was on pace for about nine hundred thirty yards, something like that, nine hundred forty yards, and five touchdowns. So not great, but the upside is still there. Um, somebody asked, "Hey, what round do I draft Josh Gordon in a ten-team league?" I said, "Round nine. You know that that around ten, you know, around there, and the twelve team around round nine. So don't go get him in round seven is too early, I think. Uh, but he's worth the flyer. He's worth the risk. Um, just don't go for him too early, because mm-hmm. Brady just hasn't done it. Like, you know, every year, man. I I, I hate that I kind of fell for the trap just a little bit, but like. It's probably best to just avoid these Patriots. They're just a fantasy mess. Like, when has Nikhil it ever Harry, been? Yeah, I'm out? not touching Nikhil Harry. I touched it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, now I regret it. This was before the Josh I Gordon. Just, Edelman, Edelman to me in a PPR is is where you can make your money's worth. Um, I drafted Edelman. I like it, but still, you got dude. Any Patriot, you got to be wary. Like, you got to be yeah. scared. Like, is he gonna get yeah, hurt? Like, like Sonny Michelle, like, I'm out on Sonny Michelle this year. He, the knee injury, so many running backs. They, you never know with with Bill. He could he could be starting. You know, one one week. I remember certain weeks it'd be like Brandon Bolden starting a running back. You're like, who is this guy? He's like third, fourth string on the practice squad. Special teamer. Yeah. Yeah. You never yeah. know. I mean, it's just they're just so crowded. It feels like at every position. It's it's a. Uh, I mean, he Bill Belichick hates your fantasy team there's not a coach quite like that that absolutely hates your fantasy team so um just just be scared of uh of all patriot players and now uh, man i've drafted a cop <laughs> drafted james white um don't like it i drafted Nikhil harry early on in that throne league oh sorry not nine nine uh in this early draft i had not in the throne league um i regret it already so well, yeah, at man. Least with James Wright, you think he has a pretty solidly carved out role as you know a pass catcher. You know, oh, uh, Sony uh, Michelle's been catching a lot of pa- passes in uh in practice. So, but is he, is he is he James White though as a receiver? And I just I don't that's trust Michelle's I, I don't trust rookie. Michelle's knees. I don't. Trust no, that's a, I don't either. I'm avoiding Michelle because of that. So yeah. I mean, if if Michelle were to get hurt, of course James White, awesome. You know, in five receptions a game, I love it. But with Michelle, that's why that's why I like Michelle coming out of college. He could catch. He caught in college and he, very smoothly, and he's yeah. a big play guy. And Patriots went and drafted him in the first round. They never do that. They didn't so use that, him much as a pass catcher last year. 
No, they didn't okay. use him I, at all. And yeah, so, but it was like it was like one catch a game. If, if not even, it was like that's Belichick though for you. Yeah. It was uh, this is what Belichick did, guys. He went and got Dwayne Allen, a tight end from the Colts. Everyone was happy. It was going to be Gronk and Aaron Hernandez again, and Dwayne Allen. They threw to him on the first play, I think, first game or first play. He uh, looked stupid and didn't catch it. And then Belichick said, you know what? You're never getting the ball thrown to you again. You are now a blocking tight end for the rest of your career. Yeah. And Dwayne Allen never got the ball thrown to him ever again. Ever. So, <laughs> that was so tough. That. that was it. So this is who we're, this is the coach, guys. That's him. Yeah. So, do they still have Rex Burkhead, too? They do have Rex Burkhead. He's the number four, I'd say. Oh, you think he yeah, makes the team? I don't see how he doesn't. I, I know they have too many running backs, but like the Patriots like him so, so much. I think they're gonna find a way to keep him, and um, they're just you know Rex Burkett can catch. They'll they'll do some stuff, man. Maybe James White. Will, he maybe was a James huge White will vulture at the goal line last year. Yeah, I mean that's his whole career. He have like two he, touchdowns, he with six yards rushing. What'd you lose? What was it in the semis last year? Yeah, I lost by half that? a point because he had one touchdown on like three carries and or two touchdowns on three carries and six yards. Get him mixed up with James Devlin, the goat. He also yeah, he, no, yeah. Between the two of them, they had so many. It was like Michelle was just not getting touch. Michelle would be at like 110 rushing yards and like zero one catches, no touchdowns ever. Like, and it would just be Devlin and 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 Burkhead. You see, Belichick hates your fantasy team. No, he does. Proven. Yeah, it's just, it's it's messy, guys. So just that's all I'm gonna say. Just be very wary of that team. And you're not touching Brady, right? No, I'm gonna avoid him. But his value, his stock does rise quite a bit with this Josh Gordon news, as Brady went from untouchable, like to, like to completely avoid him, to now. I mean, not a bad QB, too. Not one I'm getting, you know, but um, it makes a huge difference. He has a big-time receive, wide receiver, and he didn't. I mean, that's 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 <laughs> a big difference. They were so desperate at wide receiver that having Josh Gordon makes a world of difference, or it could. You know, he's got that upside now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess we're, as we're closing out here, um, give the people some advice on on going into their drafts are there any like uh kind of like commandments or rules or or kind of things you you kind of always go by uh you know like never drafting a, a kicker or you know never taking a defense before a certain round are there any like commandments that you kind of always try to follow uh universally when entering a draft for sure i have a book called the 10 commandments of drafting it is a free ebook if you want to get it just hit me up on social media um, it's just a cool thing to have. I'm not trying to sell it or anything. Um, if you want, but I'll just give. I'll just sum it up here. Um, yes. So I like to. So um, if you just Google like, how to play fantasy football, I come up. You know, I'm like the how to play fantasy football guy. So a lot of people come up to me and go like, "Hey, I have a draft in 4.2 minutes. How do you play this?" And I go <laughs> like, "All right." Don't worry, I can explain it in two minutes. And I mean, of course, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of explanation that's gonna help. But for someone who's a noob and never played, and I give them this two minutes, they'll go from being a zero to at least like a five, six, or seven. You know, like they'll be formidable. They might make playoffs with just this. So I say, let's reverse engineer it because they're always asking what to do in round one. I was like, what do you do in round sixteen? Actually, so if you have to draft a kicker. 
most leagues uh, usually have to draft a kicker in defense. Some leagues you don't. So if you don't, eh, probably don't even worry about it unless you get a stud one. So let's just assume you have to. Draft a kicker with your absolute last pick. And they call me the kicker whisperer. And some people make fun of me because I look into kickers a lot. But just the little bit of research I do on what makes a good kicker, what kickers projected to do well, um, and, and so on and so forth, gives me actually a huge advantage to where I don't go and reach for the number one kicker, who usually won't pan out, by the way. And I get to draft um, a guy much later in the, in the last rounds who usually does end up panning out and didn't pan out for me last year. But that's an exception, as we all know, kicking was weird last year. Oh, so yeah. that was the only exception. All right, other than that, it's always panned out. I've always gotten a good kicker because I do a little bit of research. Kickers on good teams do well. I have a lot of other things, but just, you know, I got my rankings here. Always draft a kicker in the very last round. Try your best to draft a defense in the second to last round. Here's a defense I just drafted on my last video, the Bills D. The number one reason I'm drafting the Bills D in the second to last round is because their first three weeks are super sweet. They have sweet matchups. They have a young core. They have a good linebacker. They have a good D-line. Ed Oliver was supposed to go to the Giants, but they drafted Daniel Jones. Surprise, everyone. Ed Oliver, super high upside, got drafted by the Bills. Um, and then they have great corners. They're an awesome team. Uh, they have some upside. And defenses, is, it's hard to predict, all right? Like, last year, everyone drafted the Jags D in round 10 and whatnot. They totally failed. They screwed your team up. And the year before that, I actually ranked the Jags number one and told, over the Broncos. I was the only one to do that. And they ended up panning out. But, hey, you were able to get them in round 13. 13 14 15 or 16 though that was two years ago don't reach too much for a defense draft them in the second uh, second to last round there's a ton of them browns d um if you're in a deep league the niners d is awesome you know you got to bank on nick bosa get staying healthy though and it's pretty risky but you know if you're in a 14 teamer a 16 teamer uh, Niners D in the in the second to last round is good. The only defense I would reach for this year is the Bears D because that's just how confident I am with Khalil Mack not just being shipped to Chicago all of a sudden like right before the season starts. He should be even better than last year. And they have Eddie Jackson. They have they have everything, man. They got the D line, the linebacker. Now me personally. The earliest I would go is round 11. The absolute earliest you should go in a 12-team for the Bears D is round 10. Don't do it before round 10, okay? That's just – that's way too – that's way too early. I'd rather just stream defenses. Um, I got the Jags D and Ravens D as my top three, but it's still not worth it to draft them early. Just go there. You can never really predict these things when it comes to defenses and kickers. So that's why you drafted them there. And there's also no scarcity. Um, so that's another rule. But anyway, we're reverse engineering. So you draft the kicker last, you draft the defense second to last. And then as far as um, bye weeks, don't ever, ever worry about bye weeks at all. You got a lot going on on the draft. Bye weeks are just completely pointless. All they're going to do is mess you up. Now, the only time you worry about bye weeks is when you draft two tight ends. You want to try your best not to have your backup tight end have the same bye week as your tight end one. And if you do draft two quarterbacks, and you don't have to draft two tight ends, you don't have to draft two quarterbacks. But if you do, make sure do your do your very best 
that your second quarterback doesn't have the same bye week as your first quarterback. If they do, it's not the end of the world. If you love both of them, don't drop any just yet because people have made that mistake. Someone dropped Carson Palmer or something when he had his best year on the Cardinals just because of that or because he played the Seahawks or something really silly um, during the some about a bye week. So that's the only time you worry about bye weeks. Don't reach too much for a quarterback, uh, especially this year. Running backs are super scarce. And that brings me to my next point um, is like when, you know, people say best player available. That's like such the funniest thing. You guys heard of that always, right? Best player available. Of course, of course. But but what does the word best mean? It means something like that chick is hot, right? But to someone else, that same chick's ugly. So how is she the best? Is it best opportunity, most talented? Yeah, Yeah, maybe that chick is uh, independent. Maybe she's got a good personality. Maybe she has a cool car. I mean, the best could mean anything to any bike. What does best mean? Let's throw that out the window. What you want to do is the number one factor to determine what's best is positional scarcity. Patrick Mahomes is going to score the most fantasy points this year. And every year, the quarterback one is probably going to score the most fantasy points. That doesn't why, – why aren't we taking the quarterback first overall? It's because of positional scarcity. That's why we take running backs because it's going to get super scarce. You blink once, you blink twice, all the running backs are gone. It will always go like that. That's why I almost never draft two, two wide receivers early. And if I were to, as I tried it in mocks, I'm never going with three wide receivers. It's just a bit silly. Like, I I don't get why you need to do that. Just get you one stud wide receiver or none. That's fine, too. Go without a wide receiver and draft some later. Uh, But you get one stud wide receiver, and you're good to go. Draft your your other positions. Um, Ideally is get that one sleeper tight end, but it's easier said than done. So I just, it's not really a strategy here, but I just wanted to kind of point that out. You know, every year there is one. Uh, 2017, I believe, was Zach Ertz. Um, 2016 was a Kelsey. Maybe Martellus mm. Bench before that. Last year was George Kittle. Kittle, yeah. Um, obviously, it, it's the way to go, and it's the way to really win your league. Easier said than done. It's so hard to do that. I mean, this year, I guess it's going to be Jared Cook. Maybe Mark Andrews as a super deep sleeper. And then I got maybe a Dallas Goder, who, if Ertz were to get injured, Dallas Goder becomes a top five, I think maybe even top three tight end. He's going to ball out. Um, one big thing to do, though, that I highly recommend before every single pick, if you have time, um, so copy and paste the word Roto World and then Google the player's name followed by the word Roto World. So let's say I got a pick, right? I type in Saquon Barkley and paste Roto World. Click on the first link to look at your news. This way it prevents somebody from drafting Jordy Nelson uh, five minutes after um, his ACL tears, which has happened in our league. So it's a good rule to know. You don't have to do this every time, but I'd say definitely do it for guys you're like not sure about. Yeah, Um, you can never be too sure. Yeah, and right. it's about time. So if you're you're prepared and you're calm and you're confident, you're gonna have time every pick because you can you know you can do this way earlier with three players, like five picks before you. Like you only have two players in mind. Google both of them, and sometimes you'll find other information that you didn't know too. Like this guy's complete trash. Like wait, I didn't yeah. know this. I didn't. Like this guy's people. might not make the roster. It's like okay, oh, let's yeah. not draft him. 
Like yeah, like Robert he- Foster. I was like, I thought he was the number one wide receiver on the Bills. Turns out they ripped it up down the stretch. Like if you're not a huge like like you'd think like yeah he'll he'll have a solid you know one two th- or three roll you know. He's like yeah. a four. Like what's going on? So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely um, do that and, and be wary of that. And if you guys, and I'll give you one. Um, oh yeah, and then here's another cool. So the Roto World is kind of. I have like my cool tip. So the Roto World one is kind of like a cool tip. You know, because everyone talks about sleepers and no one talks about this basic, like how to avoid drafting Jordy Nelson after he tears his ACL. Like no one talks about it. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, but it's a huge thing, and it happened on camera on our in our league. It's crazy. Um, Another one, if you're at a restaurant or something, avoid um, – I wouldn't even eat, first of all, at all. Or or show up early, that's fine, and eat and wash your hands. But don't even think about ordering some wings or something while you're drafting. It's so – when have you done anything good with hot buffalo uh, sauce on your fingertips? <laughs> You picked up a baby, um, you know, you you got the girl of your dreams like that, um, you played football like that, you hopped on your computer and coded, you did the best podcast, like, you've done nothing good in your life with a bunch of sauce on your on your mustache, <laughs> on your beard, all in your nose, you know, with your, you know, if it's spike, blah, 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 whatever. Just make sure if you're eating, make sure it's clean, or better yet, arrive early and eat, or just don't eat, like, just sacrifice it. It's just an yeah. hour. Maybe, maybe in the late, late rounds, maybe... If you're getting uh, really hungry, maybe around 16, 17, you can order so it'll be ready when it's done. By the time you pick, by the time you're picking a uh, Kimi Fairbairn, the kicker, yeah, <laughs> go or Robbie Solid Gold. Dude, who cares? Who cares about these restaurants and society? I'm there to draft. I don't. I can eat whenever. Yeah. You draft once a year with your buddies, like no, I'm I'm sad. Or just come early, like I said. Or yeah, or order yeah. it super late. And I mean, and then when it comes to drinking, to each his own. You know, don't you know? Of course, it's pretty. You guys know that. Don't get sloppy, but yeah. um, you know, to what you know, enjoy yourself. There's always you one to- guy that gets sloppy though. Well, you know, one guy can't handle. That's that's who you take advantage of. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you buy buy a beer. That's fine. That's (laughs) that's that's see that people already know the the beer thing and that, so everyone knows that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, don't get sloppy. I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself. Of course, man, you can you can drink and drive. Not not too much though. (laughs) Don't too much. Uh, You know, want to be sharp. Um, One way to super prepare. So, I got a bunch of like. Man, I got like ADHD. Shoot, I'm probably dyslexic. Um, I got um, a bunch of stuff like that. That's tough for me. So it was really tough. And I started these draft series. Actually, I kind of took it from the gaming channels. You know, like the Twitch streamers. I was like, how about if I did this for drafting? And then it blew up. Everyone watched it, and people copied off me, which is fine. Like, I, I'm that's great that I'm a trailblazer. Um, that's cool. I still, I believe, I still make the best draft videos. And there's people that do awesome stuff in the industry. I'm not even taking it away, but like that's my thing, the draft thing. But it was tough for me to talk on camera, and and do the drafting. Like it's and and then people that may not realize it until they do it. It's super tough. And so one technique that I've done to actually help myself, and it worked, and one that will help you guys and anyone listening to be a master at drafting is to do this. Do two mock drafts at the same time. And you really want to step it up, eventually do three. Now your brain is going to tell you that you're a loser, you suck, you're garbage, and it's going to tell you that Hussein the brain right now is being really dumb and this is stupid. It, the first time is going to be tough. But you do it the second time, the third time, you're going to start getting it. And I'm telling you, man, you can 
left at the same time and nail it. When it comes time to, you know, buying your buddy drinks or ordering food and drafting on draft day or, you know, maybe you're podcasting while doing it, it's going to be super easy. I mean, so doing one draft versus doing two at the same time is so much easier. So you just do that a couple times. You'll be good to go. I'm telling you guys, this is it's, it's an advanced technique. Um, but it won't take you much, and plus you'll be doing two mocks at the same time. What's what's better? I mean, you're, you're going to be uh, going to be getting more practice, more mocks in. Yeah, that's next level training right there. And what, like what? And you won't feel rushed when you're if you when you have your one. You're not going to feel rushed. You just say, all right, I got I got Let's eight. picks. Go. I got eight picks to go. What's you know? You know, like basketball players come back from injury, and the game's going too fast for them. And it's like that's how it's gonna do it. It's gonna you're gonna be like Steph Curry. The game's gonna slow down. The basket's gonna open up. It's gonna be easy. Like if it's you know one minute per pick or three minutes per pick, it's gonna feel like an hour to you. It's gonna feel like nothing. Trust me, guys. Everyone, every one of you who's somewhat serious about fantasy or you're in a money league, please try this out. Don't knock it uh, before you try it. Um, it's going to really help you. But it is, like I said, more advanced technique. If you're just getting into fantasy and you're not really comfortable, no need to do it. It's fun. If it's your first year, you know, don't need to do it. Enjoy yourself. Um, but for those of you that want to really step it up and just completely focus when you're when you're doing your draft, this is the technique to do it. And then, you know, if you, if you think you're as good as me, try three at the same time because I've done that too. <laughs> that's, that's too great. Yeah, that's, that's going to take some practicing. Now, that doesn't sound so fun. <laughs> I do like two ESPN, and then I do the mock draft simulator, which is against the computer, and there's no timer on that one, ah. and so it just kind of alleviates um, that. Mock draft simulator is amazing too. So we, uh, on Fantasy Pros, you can use the mock draft wizard, is what it's called, and you draft against the computer. You can mock draft within five minutes. Boom, boom, boom. Nice, and it's competitive. All right, cool. Well, that is all good stuff. Uh, Hussein the Brain, Fantasy Couch, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, amazing stuff we got from you today. Um, we'd love to have you back on sometime dur- uh, during the season. Um, get some maybe some mid-season advice and some waiver wire stuff and all that good jazz. Uh, you know, once things die down a little bit. But um, fantastic having you on. Uh, everybody, go check out his YouTube channel, Fantasy Couch. He's Fantasy Couch on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um, go check out the book, how to play fantasy football, and we'll throw in the we'll throw the link in for the the ten draft commandments. Um, and as always, you know, follow Bleacher Fan Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we'll catch you guys next week.